This week on the Clubhouse, we continue our stadium series as we break down the home ballpark of the 2015 World Series champion Kansas City Royals, Kauffman Stadium. Anthony is currently touring the country with his hit Broadway musical, If Then. Go to ifthenthemusical.com tour to find out when he is coming to your town. Over the next several months, Anthony and I will be dedicating one episode to every team and we'll be discussing why we think you should visit each and every one of their home ballparks. We are also including episodes from my Rounding Third podcast, which features interviews with fans I met as I made my 17,000-mile drive across the country to attend a ball game at all 30 stadiums. There are also some truly amazing guests that we have lined up for our more regular episodes that we will be dropping every couple of weeks or so. This episode was recorded inside my apartment in New York City. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is a wonderful day for baseball. I am Manish Jane, and sitting next to me, as always, is the endlessly talented Anthony Rapp. Endlessly talented. Wow. (laughs) Thank you. So this is uh, another special episode of the Clubhouse Podcast, where we are going to talk to you a little bit about the... Kansas City Royals, the Kansas City Royals and Kauffman Stadium. Yeah, that was one of those. They have the super jingoistic um, Hall of Fame. Like, like <laughs> yeah, right off the bat, that was definitely something that they, oof, they really love themselves from Kansas City Royals in Kansas City. But I also, you know, we've talked about this before in the 2014 season. The way that they just, they were so exciting to watch. In the postseason, they were riding high. So we we went this, you know, in 2015, the season after that, the first time they've been to the postseason in 30, 29 years. Yeah. You know, uh, I understand that they're feeling good about themselves. And so there was tremendous energy in the ballpark. And it was a rain delay game that we went to and people stuck around and. You know, and it, there's a there's a night nice, there's a really good atmosphere at that ballpark. I I think that the the ballpark is a weird one for me because I think it's kind of ugly. Really? I do think it's kind of. when you ugly. say the ballpark, what like specifically the, this, do you well, mean? The, the the structure, the okay. build, the building. Okay. okay. The 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 field is fine. There's that huge video screen in Shaped the middle, like a crown, which is fine. Um, the the field is not a nice field, but I what I I did talk about this on the when we first were there. I was surprised though because looking at it from the outside, it, it felt just kind of looked not great. Kind of meaning when we were driving by it on the highway. Yeah. But what I did, it does feel different than any other park in the sense of the way that the stadium is shaped. It sort of like comes around and over the field, so it feels you have an experience of everyone being kind of on top of it in a way that was kind of cool. Absolutely. Um, but it's not necessarily like aesthetically beautiful by any means, especially compared to some, a lot of the other fields we went to. And it's sort of stuck out in the middle of nowhere by a highway. And, you know, that aspect of it is not great. 
in terms of the way that so many of these other parks are, are now situated in an environment that really feels like welcoming and, you know, neighborhoody and all that stuff. But um, it, it's certainly a, a, a great f- uh, feeling, especially right now with the, how they're playing and what's happening for the, for the team. I think we went in a really at a good time, but I don't know if that was always the case because you went obviously in a year when they were yep. losing. They were not and good. And you said that they, the fans were great then too. So, so that's then, you know, so that's, I mean, you're going to hear it in, in the episode uh, that you're on the running third episode you're about to hear. So I'll, I'll keep this brief, but you know, I, I adore Coffin Stadium. Coffin Stadium is, is the, actually the park that inspired me to do my 30 stadium tour to begin with. Um, and it's just, it's, I'm not sure how I can explain it because because you're right the, the the field itself the building itself is kind of blah and I think that why I loved it is that what I tell people is it's the best park in the country for kids under the age of ten um, in the sense that there's just so much to do for someone who can't sit through a three hour game however it allows the parents to be able to watch the game while letting their kids play mini golf, play in the fountains, play in a mini field, go to the Hall of Fame with a guy dresses in old-timey baseball gear and teaches you all about the Negro Leagues. Um, you know, it's it's a really nice park. And the fans there are unbelievable. So when I went there, uh, the Royals were not good. They had not been good for 28 years. And, uh, you know, it's it's there were 40,000 people that were there. And yes, it was a fireworks night, but 40,000 people stayed to the absolute end of that game. And I've been to a lot of baseball games in my life, over a thousand of them. And I've been to a lot of fireworks nights and everybody doesn't stay to the end of a fireworks night. I mean, you'll get more people than, than general that stay through the end, but nobody left Kauffman Stadium. And you know, this year, 2015, so after the 2014 season, I absolutely got unbelievably annoyed with the Royals fan base. And I put this all on me, by the way. This is my fault, not anybody else's fault, but mine. And for most of the 2015 season, I was irrationally angry with the Royals and with the Royals fans. <laughs> <laughs> during the uh, during the All-Star Michigas, during all the All-Star nonsense. By the way, I'm noticing, I'm using a lot of Yiddish on this podcast. I have no idea why. Um, sorry, that's just a little ADHD moment for myself. Uh, You're but, such a mensch. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, the they through all the All Star Game nonsense of of them voting for Omar Infante. Who look, I love Omar. Omar was great for the Tigers. He does not deserve to be an All Star. He barely deserved to be their second baseman. Um, but all that really annoyed me, and, and the and the and the arrogance of of them winning the pennant and just all of that really got to me. And when we rolled back into Kauffman Stadium, and I stepped out of my car and I started tailgating with those fans again, and I started interacting with the actual fans, not the online people, not the people on blogs or on message boards or on Twitter or on what have you, but the actual real people that I could see their face, I could see their eyes, I could listen to their voice. I fell right back in love with that fan base once again. And it is it is a phenomenal fan base. They love their baseball there. They support their baseball there. I do genuinely enjoy Kauffman Stadium. I would like to go to many, many games, as many games as I can. I mean, I've worn my Tigers gear there every time I've gone. And, and well, once again, yes, there's absolutely playful ribbing. Uh, look, that's the stadium that gave Miggy a standing ovation when he captured the, uh, uh, when he secured the Triple Crown in 2013. They threw it up on the big scoreboard and the entire crowd went nuts for him. And I will never, that's ever, great. ever, I mean, it's, forget that. They were unbelievable to him. 
That's and great. yeah. So I love Kauffman Stadium. They also have fantastic statues. Oh, phenomenal. The George Brett one is fantastic. The, the manager, you know. Yeah. Um, what's his name again? Oh my god, I'm blanking on, on the manager they have. Yeah. I, I, I'm we're I'll put that on clubhousepodcast.com, but we've been doing this too long. My brain is turning into mush. He's the one who won the World Series. Yeah, I know, and I yeah. can't remember his name. I feel awful, Royals fans. I'm so sorry. Clubhousepodcast.com. It'll be on there. But yeah, so th- those are the those are the cool features for me. Um, but we and, talked and a lot yeah, about this, yeah, yeah. so so I'm gonna, I'm gonna we're gonna make this one a short one just because you know if you want to hear our thoughts on Kauffman Stadium, go back and listen to our Kauffman Stadium episode of the Clubhouse Podcast. Uh, for now, we're gonna take you to my rounding third podcast uh, about Kauffman Stadium, and uh, I hope you guys will enjoy it. So we will uh, see you next time here in the Clubhouse. We're going to take just a brief break so that Anthony and I can tell you about our first giveaway. I have a 2016 baseball stadium's wall calendar for sale through TF Publishing. They're available at Amazon.com, Calendars.com, as well as your local Meyer Big Lots, Stop and Shop, and more. I'll include all this info about how you can purchase one of my uh, calendars at my website, roundingthird.net. For now, Anthony has a very exciting announcement to tell you all about. So uh, we're going to have our first giveaway. It's a giveaway contest here. It's very simple. Uh, we are always looking for more trivia questions to ask our, our guests for the, for the game that we play at the end. Um, so if you have any cool trivia questions about your favorite team or about any team that you love or anything, send them to us, please, at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at clubhousepod. And we will look through those and if we wind up using one of your questions we will give you a free signed wall calendar and it will be signed by Manish who was the photographer he will sign the Detroit Tigers Comerica Park picture and I will sign the Wrigley Field picture because I am a diehard Cubs fan so send us your questions please and uh, good luck if you are a new listener to the Clubhouse podcast welcome for more great baseball conversations take a look at our archives like our chat with actor Mackenzie Aston. In this clip, Mac tells us a story about a prank pulled on Kirk Gibson of the Los Angeles Dodgers. So the Tigers, uh, I guess, got into a little trouble with collusion and uh, were uh, disallowed from uh, retaining uh, Kirk Gibson in uh, 1987. And so he was a free agent for the 1988 season and uh, and he signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And on the first day of spring training, Jesse Orozco, who had recently arrived from the Mets, uh, thought it'd be funny to take some shoe polish and put it on the inside of uh, Kirk Gibson's cap uh, so that when uh, Kirk Gibson put his cap on, the shoe polish would come off on his forehead. And when he took his cap off, the shoe polish would still be there and all the fans (laughs) in the stands would see that big black mark on his face. And so it happened and Kirk Gibson uh, got real upset about it and stormed into the dugout and told the manager, Tommy Lasorda, that he wasn't going to put up with this kind of hijink stuff because his whole goal was to be there to win a dang championship and that people had better stop messing around like this or else uh, it's just not going to work. And that changed the tone of the whole season. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Rounding Third with Manish Chain. Today's episode, the Kansas City Royals and Kauffman Stadium. Now, this is the ninth stop on my 30 stadium tour, and inevitably, whichever stadium that I stop at, um, someone basically asks me, what's your favorite so far? You know, what's been your favorite ballpark so far? What's been your favorite? And 
that's really a tough question to answer. You know, like I pretty much tell everybody, every ballpark has something so completely unique about it that it depends on what you're looking for. Um, overall, thus far, Camden Yards is still probably my favorite, but I think, as I think I mentioned in the Camden Yards episode, you know, there's a reason why pretty much every ballpark since 92 has been, we'll just call it borrowing from the Camden Yards design. Um, however, that being said, after my day here in Kansas City, I may have to give the crown, if you'll excuse the horrible wordplay there, to the Kansas City Royals when it comes to the best ballpark in America if you've got kids. Now, obviously, every ballpark is a great place if you've got kids. It's one of the things that makes baseball such a unique uh, sport. You know, football, you're not going to see many people under the age of, I'm going to say 21, um, Hockey, you know, you do see some kids every once in a while, but really it's it's mainly adults and basketball. Similarly, you know, you see kids, but for the most part, baseball per capita, you see more under 12 year old uh, human beings in the stands than any other sport. Um, so, yes, so, so every ballpark is a great place to bring families. But here at Kauffman Stadium, they have really done just an absolutely tremendous job at giving the kids so many different things to get excited about. They've got mini golf. They've got um, these fountains they can play in. Actually, the one thing that I really liked, uh, which is the first place that I've seen something like this, is this speed test, for lack of a better term, to test your your uh, speed to first. So basically, they've got a home plate to first base area set up, and you can go in there and run from home plate to first base and try to test how fast you are compared to Billy Butler or Alex Gordon or any number of the Kansas City Royals. The young lady that I watched um, test her speed was against Billy Butler's time. And let me say that this, I'm going to call her maybe an 11-year-old girl, definitely beat Butler to first. Uh, But it was really kind of fun to watch these kids have just the time of their lives running around this concourse. But the, uh, I almost said crown jewel. You know, I'm, I'm going to try and stop with the Royals puns, but the my, my favorite aspect of the Royals stadium was their Hall of Fame. Um, now, I, I believe I've talked about Tampa's Hall of Fame and uh, the Braves Hall of Fame that they have set up in their concourses. They're both, you know, very unique. Tampa's got quite a bit of just history to it as far as they've got a lot of memorabilia for some of the best sluggers in the history of the game. And uh, in Tampa, I'm sorry, in Atlanta, they've got some great stuff. Obviously, they got that train that I mentioned in the uh, Braves podcast that you can walk into and kind of see how the old time ball players drove from uh, uh, city to city. But here in Kaufman, I'm telling you, I I really wanted to spend more time in the stadium. You know, it was a shame that the gates only opened an hour and a half before first pitch because I swear, I mean, I could have spent many, 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 many hours, if not the entire day, just checking out this Hall of Fame. Um, During my time here in Kansas City, unfortunately, I had a bit of a back issue, and so I had to stay in bed all day uh, yesterday. And because of that, I was not able to go check out the uh, Negro League Museum. You know, and so that's something that I'm I'm just going to have to make it back here to Kansas City sometime soon, because that was something that I was really looking forward to checking out. Um, But Luckily for me, at the uh, Kauffman Stadium, they have a great museum where they actually had this <laughs> this gentleman dressed up in kind of old-timey baseball gear, and he was giving the kids and, and the adults in attendance just a brief rundown of Kansas City baseball, including the Monarchs. Um, 
you know, it's just, it's, it's really nice to see that in a sport where there is so much history that they found a really fun way to, once again, not only just teach the kids, but even if you're someone who doesn't really know much about baseball to begin with and you happen to just be at the game, they make it really fun and engaging for you to learn a little bit about the history of baseball in Kansas City. Um, this is, though, where I will say one quick negative thing, which is, you know, and this is not just against the Kansas City Royals. This is against many, many ballparks who do this. You need to stop opening the gates an hour and a half before game time. That's just, that's not nearly enough time to really have any fun, uh, especially in a place like Hoffman Stadium where there is so much fun stuff to do. You know, I mean, if you go there and you try to get around to mini golf, play in the fountains, even just do one quick walk around the stadium, all of a sudden now it's 6.30 and you got first pitch coming up. We haven't even had time at that point to grab a little bit of food, which I will get to shortly. You know, I had so much fun at this ballpark that if you notice from the running time, much like the Miami Marlins episode, I actually didn't find anybody to interview. Now, that is not because, like the Miami Marlins episode, I couldn't find anybody that was willing to talk to me uh, on, the, on the record. There were plenty of people that I found to talk to me. The problem is I was having too much fun. I forgot to bring my, my recorder. I forgot to take it out of my bag. You know, it was just by the time I kind of realized it, it was already game time and I had to run straight to my seats. An hour and a half is just not enough time. I mean, two hours is barely enough time, to be honest with you. In most of these stadiums, two hours I find myself wanting to come back for more, which I guess, you know, maybe that is what you would want for people that live in the city. If two hour, if an hour and a half isn't enough, well, come back the next day. So I think I just realized that I'm really asking them to do this for out-of-towners, which, which you know, eh. I just had an argument with myself in my head, so I'm going to go ahead and stop that and try and move on. Um, the bottom line is I was just having too much fun, and so maybe that is what they did, and um, the hour and a half is a smart move because I think I'm going to have to come back to Kansas City and spend a couple more days here because it was just um, it was really a lot of fun. Uh, the game that I went to, actually, George Brett was uh, – just signed on about a week ago uh, for the uh, job as a hitting coach. And so I was able to sit about, I'm going to call it maybe 15, 20 feet away from George Brett uh, inside the dugout for the entire game, which, oh boy, I mean, the image of him running out of the dugout is still one that is just seared in my memory. You know, there are very few things that I'm pretty sure I'm going to remember on my deathbed. And for whatever reason, Watching George Brett lose his mind and run out at Timmy McClelland is just something that, I don't know, it just, it's imprinted on my brain. And so to be able to sit about 20 feet away from him and watch him talk to the ballplayers as they come in and out of the dugout was something that was a really cool experience for me. You know, here in Kansas City, they obviously, like many teams now, have the setup where the uh, first X amount of rows, six, eight, nine rows there, are relegated for... I mean, I like to say high rollers, but mainly just uh, corporate uh, 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 corporate seating, basically, where for just tens of thousands of dollars, you buy season tickets to those uh, to that area. Obviously, your food and drink is included and whatnot, and you have, you know, private parking and access to the club and et cetera, et cetera. And that's all well and good. But to me, that kind of takes away from, you know, baseball nerds like myself having the ability to sit as close to the field as possible. However... That being said, the fact that those seats cost so much means that the seats directly behind them, 
can be a little bit cheaper. And so I was actually able to sit in the very first row behind the crazy, ridiculously expensive seats for only 65 bucks. So basically the entire game, as I said, I was looking directly into the Royals dugout, being able to watch Hall of Famer George Brett coach him up a little bit. Now, the one more thing I wanted to mention about just the stadium itself is its name. It's called Kauffman Stadium. It's not called TD Bank Park or Bose Stadium or, you know, Apple Park. I don't know. It's not, it does, it's not, it's not corporately sponsored. There are no naming rights. It's actually named after a human being. Um, I've had many arguments with several friends of mine about the naming rights issue in not just baseball ballparks, but stadiums across the country. And I understand there are, there are positives and negatives to having a corporate name. You know, the money that you can get from something like that is, it's kind of hard to turn down. But Kauffman Stadium was named after a man named Ewing Kaufman. Ewing Kaufman is the reason why there is Major League Baseball in Kansas City. And in 1993, the Royals ownership and their infinite wisdom decided they were going to change the name from Royals Stadium to Kauffman Stadium. So the fact that there's never been a corporate logo on this stadium from its inception is something that I really respect about this organization. Not only does it just sound better, you know, you don't have to worry about corporate logos that are going to maybe bring embarrassment to the franchise and Ron Stadium, or even just losing out the naming rights after X amount of years and having to continually change the name of your park. And honestly, more importantly, you're now showing respect and reverence to the entire reason why this park exists. You know, you are showing that without this man, we would not be sitting here. You know, without this man, we would not have a place that we could create memories with our families, a place that has given jobs to this community. You know, in a sport that basically fetishizes its own history and really revels in the fact that it's been around for so long and, and we like to bring up names from the late 1800s, early 1900s, the fact that only two of the 30 ballparks are actually named after human beings that had an impact on the sport um, is a bit sad to me, you know. Without Ewing Kaufman, these two lovely human beings that I met at the park today would never have gotten married. Well, maybe that's not true. That might be overstating a little bit. But if you go to the website, you can see I captured a, um, a cute little couple getting engaged here at the ballpark. And obviously, you know, we've all seen that so far on the tour. I think I've seen about three or four marriage, marriage proposals on the uh, Jumbotron. But uh, this is the first one that I've seen where the man actually dropped down to his knees before the game and uh, did the whole proposal set up uh, in the concourse itself. So we all got to watch just um, this very loving embrace. And you know what? Without you and Kaufman, who knows? You know, I, I didn't get a chance really to uh, talk to these two kids too much just because I kind of figured I'd let them have their moment. But I'm going to go ahead and just create a scenario here and, you know, who knows if this is true or not, but in my scenario, these two met over a Kansas City Royals game, and had it not been for Ewing Kaufman, these two would have just walked the earth not knowing each other had existed. So, you know, I'm pretty sure that's not true, but it makes a better story. Um, but regardless, I just, I, I love the fact that this place is called Kaufman Stadium, you know, um, but I'll put that one to bed. Uh, so the reason why uh, I did this tour, actually, is... Well, there's many reasons, but one of the reasons is that last year when I watched the uh, 2012 
MLB All-Star Game at Kauffman Stadium, I was just filled with a, a jealousy that I had never gone to this ballpark. And I am so incredibly glad that I was able to actually make it here. Um, the one thing I haven't mentioned yet is the fountains in center field. We've all seen the fountains in center field. They've been there, seems like, forever. But one of the things that, for whatever reason, I had just not really paid attention to is, sure, watching this, the fountains from uh, the home plate side of the field, they look kind of cool, and they've got, they have got they spray up, and they've got little um, areas there for balls to fla- splash into if you can make it that far on a, on, a, on a long home run. But when you're actually standing in center field, uh, so basically the standing room only section of the ballpark next to the big George Brett statue. Um, what's really kind of cool is that looking out into the center field area and looking out onto the field, the water is directly underneath you. And so it actually looks like almost like an infinity pool going into the stadium. It really is quite spectacular. Uh, I'm not sure if my words are going to be able to do it justice. So uh, I highly advise you to go check out roundingthird.net. And you can see the uh, photo on my Kansas City Royals posting. Um, it's it's really quite a beautiful image. Um, I take no credit in taking the shot. The subject in front of me was just absolutely gorgeous. I mean, there are just so many great things about this ballpark. I haven't even gotten to their gigantic crown-shaped scoreboard in center field. I believe, if I can remember correctly, the scoreboard was something around 84 foot by 104 feet. Uh, uh, in, in dimensions, just to give you some context to that, uh, that's massive. There you go. That's that's about the most context I'm going to give you for that. It's just it is gigantic. Um, it's a huge HD screen with a large gold crown resting on top of it. And unlike most other ballparks that uh, you'll go to, where they really have these long, wide, gigantic uh, scoreboards, this one is more vertical, and so it really makes for a unique image. And um, actually, if you walk behind the stadium, so if you can get to the ballpark a little bit early and you walk behind the stadium, what you can see is the oblong-shaped scoreboard surrounded by all the empty seats. Um, There's actually a hill that you can kind of uh, uh, crawl onto a little bit there right behind the park, and you could see a really great view of the stadium from behind and... You know, my words really here aren't doing it justice. You've just got to go and check it out for yourself. There's just so much fun, cool stuff to look at in this stadium that as I'm sitting here telling it all to you, I'm actually kind of regretting that I don't have another day to stay here in Kansas City. Um, But you know what? I'm just going to have to come back. And when I do come back, I'm really hoping to see the same passionate, crazy fans that I saw today. Because that's the other thing that I haven't even gotten to yet. Um, Once again, one of the reasons why I don't have an interview for you today is that I just got so caught up in everything that I honestly just completely forgot. By the eighth inning, I'd completely forgotten to interview somebody because I was just so so mesmerized by the entire experience. Um, You know, the one thing that I absolutely adored about going to a game here is, look, the Kansas City Royals have not been a good ball club for a very long time. And as we all know, I don't care what team you are, we all like to think that our team's fans are the most, you know, we're going to show up. You know, we're not bandwagon fans. And even when our teams are doing poorly, we go and we support them. And that's just not the case for many teams. Uh, Unless you're winning, it's hard to really draw. But that being said, this Kansas City Royals team and the game that I went to was facing an equally poor, if not worse, Chicago White Sox team. 
and yes, in the interest of full disclosure, I will admit this was a fireworks promotion night. But, you know, I've been to a lot of fireworks nights and I have seen the massive eighth inning exodus happen many, many times. At this stadium, for a team that really hasn't been winning since the 80s, I saw over 33,000 people pack this place and not leave their seats. Now, to give you a little bit of context at this one, about two nights ago, I was in St. Louis, who had been calling themselves the best fans in baseball for many, many years. And they were up 5-2 to two in the eighth inning. And yep, there was the eighth inning exodus. I looked around me, and people were streaming out to the exits. Not all of them, but enough where I noticed. Here in Kansas City, I was looking around. I was prepared. I was, I was looking to my left. I was looking to my right. Nobody was moving. I was so shocked, but I had to take a picture of it. Once again, you can check it out at runningthird.net, but I was so shocked that in the ninth inning, oh, by the way, in a game that they were losing 9-1, to one, they were getting annihilated, and nobody left. It was incredibly heartwarming to see that this city so desperately wants a winning ball club They are willing to stay to the very last pitch and cheer these guys on. They want it. They need it. And they are absolutely supporting this team. That made me so incredibly happy to see. You know, I understand. I've, I I believe I've mentioned on the podcast before, but you know, in 2003, I absolutely lived with those 119 losses of the Detroit Tigers. I get it. (laughs) I understand how brutal this sport can be losing 119 times in six months does not do much for your soul um losing every day i mean as a fan i'm speaking obviously i i I have no idea how it is for the ownership or the players or management but as a fan you know losing 119 times is just i don't know i didn't get numb to it i'm sure people say oh you used you don't get used to it so i can only imagine what the Royals fans have been going through for the last couple of decades here. And the fact that they were still there and they were still cheering them on, it was fantastic. With all that being said, much like the St. Louis episode, unfortunately now it's time to talk a little bit about the food. And I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it because I just had such a blast here in Kansas City that there's really no point to to talking about my disappointment in, in the culinary choices however you know what it was dollar hot dog night so dollar hot dog night that's always a great time at the ballpark so i was able to buy a couple of hot dogs for a dollar the the garlic fries were were somewhat disappointing you know it's going to be tough to top the garlic fries over at city field but the the food is probably the one thing that they may want to look at here you know i keep being told that the Kansas City barbecue, St. Louis barbecue, barbecue is the best. And there were plenty of restaurants that people were telling me to go to outside of the stadium, but I'm here inside the park. Let me see some of that barbecue. No one that I was talking to told me, oh, you've got to go try this vendor. You got to go try this vendor. This is the one that is the best barbecue, at least in the ballpark. There was none of that. You know, everyone that I was talking to just kind of hemmed and hawed and, uh, you know, try the hot dogs, I guess. And, you know, the hot dogs were fine. Um, for a dollar, they were fantastic, but I don't know. I just think that um, pick up your game a little bit, Kansas City. Let's get some better food options here. Uh, that's pretty much my only complaint about the ballpark, though. So if that's all you're doing poorly, you're doing a pretty good job. So with that being said, we have now reached the end of another episode of Rounding Third. 
I'm heading down south. I'm heading to Texas. Uh, I think uh, Houston is going to be next on the docket. So I'm almost a third of the way through this tour. It is going by so unbelievably fast, but uh, I'm having pretty much the time of my life. Uh, if you got any questions for me, as always, shoot me an email at roundingthirdpodcast at gmail.com. That's all spelled out, roundingthirdpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can always contact me directly through the website at uh, roundingthird.net. You can follow me on Twitter at roundingthirdmj. And I want to thank all of you for listening. I will see you next time as I continue to round third, heading for home. The home base for the Clubhouse Podcast is the Bergino Baseball Clubhouse located at 67 East 11th Street in New York City. Seriously, folks, this is without a doubt my favorite baseball spot in the country. From the baseball-inspired artwork on the walls to the one-of-a-kind memorabilia for sale and the amazing baseball fans that are just hanging out on the bleachers inside the store, this place is the best. If you can't make it into Bergino's in person, please visit Bergino.com and pick up a gift for your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, really anybody in your life, or even just yourself. If you can make it in, make sure you mention the podcast and you'll get a free bag tag with any purchase. You can follow Anthony and I individually at Rounding Third MJ for me and at Albino Kid for Anthony. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.